0: Welcome to the HCC podcast. Our mission is to nurture love for God, love for self, and love for others as the highest goal of humanity. May the following message nurture that love in your life. And remember, you're always welcome at HCC. It's a perfect church for less than perfect people. Peace. I want to start something new today. I'm going to. Uh taking you to two different places in scripture one Joshua chapter 10 and the other Mark chapter 5 two amazing miracle stories within the word of God and both have significant meaning for what we're going to talk about today which is having the faith to believe that God can do anything now do you believe it we say it but do you believe it I would love to say that we do, but let's be honest with ourselves and say sometimes our actions don't always show that. So I want to ask again, do we truly believe that what man says is impossible? Do we believe that we serve a God of the possible who can make the impossible and he can do whatever he wants to? I believe that that if we'll apply this principle to our life today, then God can do some pretty amazing things through us and His church, not my church, not your church, His church. And so what I want to do today is I want to go and spend some time in these two passages because I believe that this kind of faith that I'm going to talk about today, the kind of prayers that I'm going to challenge you to pray in your life regarding your home and your career and your health and your ministry, I believe it's not reserved from some super Christian I believe it's there for every single person who would call on the name of Jesus Christ. If you believe him and confess him with your mouth that he is Savior, then this type of faith and these miracles are there for you. I believe it for every single person, but see what, what what we have today is I see too many Christians, too many people who love God, who have settled into comfortable complacency and have been lulled into a low expectation. But the type of faith that I want to talk about today is when we walk into the house of God, we come into his house with a level of expectancy that no matter what is going on in my life, I know that my God will come through for me. Why? Because he promised that he would. I believe that he wants us to pray these sun stand still type prayers because I believe in every ordinary person today, the miraculous is right there if you'll just grab it. This first story Joshua chapter 10. We're going to start in verse number 7. I love this passage of scripture because in so many ways it's the story of my life. I believe it's intended to be the story of everybody's life in this room but before I read it I really want you to engage your mind, your heart, and your spirit in what I'm about to share. I want you to get the need, the goal in your mind that God is calling you to reach for, to pray for, to believe for what may be in your life seeming impossible. It may be your home it may be your job for some of you it may be a sense of purpose you you may need some more joy within your life it could even be healing you may be going through something right now where the doctors aren't quite sure what's going what, what is going on but I believe that if you take that need before an almighty God he can meet you he can meet you so I want us today to have a level of expectancy That God's going to do it. Joshua chapter 10 verse number 7. So Joshua marched up from Gilgal with his entire army. Including all of the best men. The Lord said to Joshua. Do not be afraid of them. I have given them into your hand. Not one of them will be able to withstand you. And I want to point out here before I move on. And this has nothing to do with the actual message. But it's so good it's worth pausing for just a moment to talk about this. I want you to notice how God's talking to him. He's speaking in the past tense as if it's already been done. Now Joshua hadn't walked into the battle yet. He has not faced anything. His, his army has not gone to battle yet what he's saying is he's saying do not be afraid because I've already given them into your hand because the God that I serve speaks in the past tense because he goes before you to fight every battle. You see we see them in the present tense. We see them in through what we're going through right now. We see them through the lens of our current perspective but I serve a God who has already been there who has already gone before and has answered. Every single need that you'll ever have in this life because his perspective is different than what ours is. His perspective is different. I love the story of the dad who took his kid to Disney World. Disney World should be the coolest place on earth, but this particular boy looked to be upset. When the dad asked if he was having fun, this boy replied, Well, no, I'm not. He just didn't look like he was having fun. And mind you, he was at a place that every little boy should love. The the dad reached down to comfort his boy and picked him up and placed him up on his shoulders. And in an instant, the kid's countenance changed and he began to see everything. When the dad asked, Well, son, why weren't you having fun before? He said, Because down on the ground, I couldn't see anything. I couldn't see it. But the minute that I was raised up to this level, right, I could begin to see everything around me. You see, sometimes we only see what we see. But but instead, what we're supposed to do is saying, God, allow me to see it as you see it. Change my perspective so I'm not going to be so down and out in the current. But Lord, I'm going to see that I'm going to come out on top. Amen? Amen. Amen. So God's perspective is different. So we go on with this passage in verse 9. After an all-night march from Gilgal, Joshua took them by surprise. The Lord threw them into confusion before Israel. So Joshua and the Israelites beat them completely, right? Israel pursued them along the road. And here's what happened. They won. But I want you to see a really cool part of this passage, okay? For those that say the Bible's boring, you're just absolutely wrong. And I'm about to prove it why, okay? Watch what it says. It says, and the Lord hurled large hailstones down on them. Now pause for just a minute. The Lord hurled hailstones down on them and more of them died from the hail than were killed by the swords of the Israelites. Now, I love the Bible. You can't make that up. It's absolutely amazing to read something. More of them died from the hailstones than were killed by the swords. Why? Because God can do more in a moment doing things His way than you can do in a lifetime doing it yours. In verse 12, and this is the passage that sums up my life and the prayer that I would hope that you all would want to pray in Joshua chapter 10, verse 12. It says, On the day the Lord gave the Amorites over to Israel, Joshua said to the Lord in the presence of Israel, Son, stand still over Gibeon, and you moon over the valley of Ajalon. Only 13 words here. Not a very long prayer. But I want you to watch what God did in response to the faith of a man who is willing to pray something that everybody in their day would have said is impossible. So the sun stood still. And the moon stopped. Till the nation avenged itself on its enemies. That's it's written in the book of Jashar. The sun stopped in the middle of the sky and delayed going down about a full day. There has never been a day like it before or since a day when the Lord listened to a human being. Surely the Lord was what? Surely the Lord was with them. There was no doubt. And how many people in here would want to say today that when we come to the end of whatever we're going through, we'd love to say that very same thing. That surely the Lord was with me. I had no doubt. I had no reason to worry. Why? Because surely the Lord... Was with me, and as I read that, and although I know the sun has never stood still like that before, it, it's never happened since, but I believe that the same God who made the sun stand still for Joshua, the same God who had the capability and capacity to raise his only son from the dead, longs to show himself to you in a sun stand still type way. So, what is it? What is it that you're going through? What is it that you need? What is it that other people have said can't happen? What is it that other people have said is impossible? What type of prayer should you be willing to pray this morning so that your son can stand still in your life? Huh. I want God to do such an enormous thing in my life that I'm willing to pray it. I'm willing to throw myself out there. I'm willing to do it. And I, I, I guess the reason why I'm so passionate about this and I'm, a, I'm, I'm, I'm really passionate about it is because I've seen the sun stand still in my life. I've seen it when I was 16 years old and the doctor said he won't make it. I've seen the sun stand still in my life when I came up walking around the room and those doctors are like, we don't know what's happening. I know what's happening. My son stood still because God came in my life and he did something that man says wasn't possible. So I encourage you this morning, what is it that you need from God? What is it that you need to pray? What situation is in your life today that is just beyond answer? But I serve a God who has every answer. He wrote the book and in the end it says that we win. So what is it? How do we get there? A spirit of expectancy. Do you think Joshua had any doubt that it would happen? Think about it. The Bible doesn't say, but let's put our shoe, let's put our feet in the shoes of Joshua. Was there any doubt that God was gonna come through? Because if, if it was me, I would have probably just mumbled that prayer. Because if it didn't happen, I didn't want to be like, that didn't happen. But the scripture says, in front of all of Israel, He prays and asked for the Son to stand still. Now let me give you some context because here's, here's what happened. Essentially, when you go back and read Joshua chapter 10, and really, you really need to go back and read Joshua chapter 9 uh, to understand this concept is that if the size of the need that you have in your life, if it seems too big for you, it's just the right size for, for him. Okay, that's what Joshua, you know, I don't have time to read the entire chapter, but I encourage you to go back and read Joshua 9 and Joshua 10 to see this. But here's what happened. Essentially, Joshua got himself into a big mess he made a mistake and made an unwise alliance with some people that he should have destroyed. And so now he finds himself needing God to get him out of a situation that he got himself into. Now, I don't know about you, and there's probably nobody else in this room like this except for me, but there's sometimes I've gotten myself into situations that I needed God's help to get out of. God, I've racked up all this debt I really need to get my life in order so I can live this blessed life. I need you to bail me out, God. God, maybe I haven't been the parent I need to be. My kids are far from you. I need you to bring them back. God, I've messed up. Can you meet me where I am and help solve this? God, I've pursued money for so long, and now I'm realizing that it doesn't bring me the same meaning that you bring me. So, God, can you fix what's going on in my life? God, I, I, I've done something, something I said I'd never do, and my life is one of regret. Lord, renew in me a steadfast spirit. Has anybody else ever been in there where you've gotten yourself into something that you needed God to get you out of. And that's Joshua. Joshua's in this and and so he's gotten himself into a situation and, and, and you can relate to that. But I'm grateful that I serve a God who just like he fought for Joshua when Joshua had no business going into the battle because it should have been resolved, you know, before he got there. But I serve a God that when we get ourselves there, I can call on the name of Jesus and he's always there. So you've got Joshua who's trying to fight this battle. And the sun begins to go down. And he's at a place where I know the Lord promised me that no one would withstand this you know, battle, that I would win. But the sun's starting to sink and there's not much more daylight. And I know that if it gets dark... One of two things can happen. God, I'm just saying that we've been fighting all day. The sun's going to get dark. My, my guys might want to go to sleep. Or, hey, it gets dark and the enemy may get away. We may not see them again. God, sun, stand still. And it did. It did. And it seems like a crazy prayer. It seems like an outrageous prayer. Why would he do that? But let me tell you something, what other choice did he have? Have you ever been there? Maybe I'm talking to me, but just so desperate that you had no other choice but to say, God, I've been dealing with this cancer for so long, doctors don't know what to do. God, if I don't get out of the, I need you to help me. Help me God, I've got no other place to turn to. God, I've been praying for years upon years to have children. God, it just hasn't. God, I need you right now. A moment of desperation. That's where Josh, what other choice did he have but to pray this type of outrageous prayer? And I want to encourage you today. I don't know where you are. But there comes a time in life where you realize once and for all that you can't do it on your own. And your way of trying to do things hasn't worked very well. And in a moment of desperation, God, I need you. I need you. In the presence of an entire nation, you see, God is not insulted with our big request, He's insulted when we don't ask. And see, when you change your perspective, well, God, I don't wanna, you know, I don't wanna throw this on you because what if I say it and it doesn't happen right? And then I'm gonna look bad, and then I'm told all my friends that you're, no, stop with all of that mess. I serve a God who can do the impossible. I serve a God that when you have the faith to believe that God can do anything, it says in His Word that He'll come through for you. Now there's many people in this room, if we were to have time today to go row by row and you could share story upon story of all the amazing things God's done in your life. And let me tell you something, if you're somebody in this room that can share that story, if He's done it before, guess what He can do? Then He can do it again. Why? Because He is the God, the same yesterday, He's the same today, and He's the same forever. So if He's done it back then, He can do it now, and He can do it tomorrow. There's nothing you should be worried about. Amen? We just have to be willing to pray it. But I want to talk about something else though too because this next story is difficult. It deals with, well, what if he doesn't do it right away? Talks about this what if stuff. Because I wish church, God help me, I wish it was so easy. That I could come in here today, grab a microphone, sun stand still, everybody go home, believe in faith, and it's done. Wouldn't that be nice? I would like to say that we'll never have an, an ache and pain again. And the fact is, God can make the sun stand still. But the reverse is also true. That sometimes his answer is wait. And that's harder for us to grasp. Because what do I do when my answer doesn't come right away? And I want to take you to a passage of scripture today in the New Testament that demonstrates a situation just like that. Where someone asked God to do something so big, in fact, he personally requested something from Jesus as he walked on this earth. And just as it seemed like it was about to happen with the sun standing still in his life, the prayers getting answered, the miracles coming. The, the, his, um, it's just everything in him is rising just as it seems like things are about to turn around, things get worse. I'm going to share his story in Mark chapter 5. And I want to sum up just a little bit of it and then it's going to be up on the screen. Essentially, this man, Nigerius who was an important ruler in the synagogue, had a 12-year-old girl who was very sick. And so he comes to Jesus and humbles himself, and he says, I, I need you to touch my daughter. And this represents to me one of the greatest needs a, hum- a, a human being can have. It's good health for their children. For those that know me, I've got a 10-year-old, an 8-year-old, and a, and a girl who's 5 but thinks she's much older. And acts like she's much older and bosses everybody around as if she's much older. <laughs> but I can't imagine what it would be like to have my, a daughter or my son so sick. But this dad did. Jesus agrees to go heal this man's daughter. And so it seems like his prayer was getting answered. But have you ever gotten your hopes up and you're like, man, God's about to do it. I've heard that message that that pastor preached, man. It's right on time. It's right for me. That song they played, man, it was good. All to response time, man, I felt the presence of God all over me. I'm going to go home today and that bill's going to get paid. And you get home and it's not. That rocks us. Well, God, I knew that you could. so here's what happens this girl is dying Jesus says I'll go heal her they're en route to the house and as they're on their way this woman cuts in line in front of Jairus and that's enough to make anybody upset has anybody ever cut you off on the road come on we're Christians we can't lie it's never happened to me he cut in front of him If my daughter's about to die and you cut in front of me, that's something to make just about anybody upset. Now I don't want to take away from the other miracle that Jesus did, but I want you for just a moment to feel what this dad must have felt. Put yourself in his shoes for just a moment. God, my daughter's dying. I, you know, Jesus, I need you to go heal her. Yes, my child, I'll go heal her. And he begins to walk and the camera says, I'm, hey, I'm, I like you know, to, to, to walk. And he's walking along the way and he's on the way to the house. Man, things are going good. And all of a sudden the miracle stops right in front of him because somebody else needed Jesus in the moment. Now, if I'm that girl with the issue of blood who's had it for 12 years and that was my moment, I'm probably going to take it too. In a moment of desperation, she runs in and stops and touches the hem of his garment. But see, Jesus, it it interrupted his day. He wasn't there to do that. And as a matter of fact, if you read the scripture as is, Jesus never healed her. What healed her? If you remember... He said your faith has made you well because she believed that if I could just touch the hem of his garment then my issue would be gone. I just knew. How many of you would love to say that I have the type of faith that if I just believed that God could do it that it was going to happen in my life. But she believed that it was going to happen and she pushed through the crowd and she reached out and touched the hem and Jesus looks back at her and he says daughter your faith has made you well. But the problem was. That all the while this was going on. Jerry says um, a daughter is it getting worse. Now we don't fault her. Right. It was a miracle. She was desperate. She needed it. But Jesus wasn't there to heal her. And here's where we pick up this story. In Mark chapter 5. Here's what it says. While Jesus was still speaking. Some people came from the house of Jairus. Your daughter is dead. And these next two words, if I've not heard them once, I've heard them a thousand times. Well, if my situation is dead, then why bother the teacher anymore? Why bother? Why bother? Why bother? She's already dead. Why bother? Jesus agreed to make the sun stand still over his life. He thought he had it. He thought the promise was there. Things were going to get better. And right when it looked like it was going to get better, God was going to answer, bam, somebody obviously in his mind at the moment, more important than him, gets in front of him in line in this scheme of prayers apparently, and God is blessing somebody else because he's surely not blessing him. And I don't know if you've ever felt that, but I just want to be real and raw this morning and say that sometimes I see somebody, you know, having all these blessings and God's doing everything in their life and I'm over here saying, why isn't God doing it for me too? I see her being blessed. I see him being blessed. I see their marriage being blessed. But God, I've been praying for years and nothing's happened yet. Am I the only one? Why bother the teacher anymore? That right there is the attitude of many people when their prayers aren't answered right then and there. And I feel like that's where so many of us are today. Or maybe you've been there before. You know how it feels. You, you've asked God to do some things in your life and actually believe that it was coming and just as you thought it was about to happen, something else took place. Something flies in the face of everything that you are believing God for in faith and something cripples you in such a way that you wish you would never believed to begin with. Maybe I'm just talking to myself, but I'm telling you, somebody else is out there and they feel this. I feel it in my spirit that somebody maybe even in this room or watching online, you're thinking that right now. God, I've been praying, why haven't my needs been met? Why bother the teacher anymore? And if you'll notice, the people who said this to Jarius were the people of his own household. They weren't enemies telling him this. It was people inside his own home. You know why? Because the greatest doubts you'll ever face in life won't be from another party, but they'll be from within yourself. They'll be inside your own mind. Why bother? So here's the paradox, right, of walking and trusting God for big things. You want to see God move in your life? You want to see him use you? You want to see him come through? Okay, on one hand, you've got God saying that all things are possible to him who believes. But at the very same time, you have an enemy saying, why bother anymore? It's been years and years and years and nothing's happened. So why bother? He must not be real, right? And in your mind, you're thinking, no, I know he's real. I know I know he's real. But it's a constant battle of your mind back and forth. What do I believe? And here's what I love about Jesus. He had time for both. <laughs> Did you, I don't know if you heard that. Did you hear it? Jesus had time for both. But I, want, I love what he said. I want you to read this. Overhearing what they said, Jesus told them, don't be afraid, just believe. There's another passage that simply says, don't worry about them. Because let me tell you something, when God's working in your life and there will be critics, let me tell you. There will be somebody tell you, you can't and you won't because of everything that you've been through. You will have people because of your past try to dictate you what you can do today through Christ. But let me tell you something, they don't matter. You and your relationship with God, that's what matters. <laughs> he says, don't worry about them. But it goes on watch what Jarius does. He did not let anyone follow him except Peter, James, and John, the brother of James. When they came to the house of the synagogue leader, Jesus saw a commotion with people crying, wailing loudly. She's dead. She's dead. God, you said you were going to heal her. She's dead. He went in and said, why is all of this commotion going on? She's not dead. She's simply asleep. Why? Because Jesus had time for both. And I love how he wraps this up because I've been this way as a parent. But they laughed at him. So what did Jesus do? He put them all out. He put them out. Church, oh God, i got to be careful. If you've allowed somebody in your circle of friends that is telling you you can't, it's okay to put them out. It's okay to surround yourself with people who are going to build you up and encourage you and tell you that Jesus is still the same and that he can come through for you. It's okay to surround yourself with people that are going to help you and talk to you and encourage you. We don't have time for those people to come against us and say that my God can't because I know that he can. So that's what I want to do with all of our doubts. We got to put them out. And he took her by the hand and said to Talitha, Kum, which means little girl, I say to you, get up. Immediately, the girl stood up and began to walk around. She was 12 at this, they were completely astonished. He gave strict orders not to let anyone know about this and told them to give her something to eat because I serve a savior who is so calm, cool, and collective that when he raises the dead, he has the peace of mind to say, go make her a sandwich. <laughs> is that not what it says? Tell me, tell me, you need to tell me I'm wrong because that's what I read. Why worry about a battle that God's already won? If the band and praise team would come. The Bible is full of people that could have said why bother. You have Joseph who could who could have said why bother? He spent years unjustly in prison and enslaved, but he remembered the promise of God that God gave him when he was just a young boy and that he would have position one day to save a nation. He could have said, why bother? But he said, no, God, I'm going to do what you told me to do moses could have said why bother he was insecure and after nine plagues had been unleashed on egypt he still wouldn't let the people go even though god himself had gotten involved but god but but moses remembered the promise he could have said why bother but he said i've heard god speak and that's what i'm going to do paul could have said why bother Paul could have said, why? Because they beat him five times, stoned him with an inch of his life, and he was shipwrecked. But he had a, but he had a charge in Acts chapter 20 where he said that I consider my life worth nothing to me if only I may complete the task God has given me to complete the race testifying to the gospel of the glorious grace of my Lord Jesus Christ. He could have said, why bother? But he had something else to do. Jesus could have said, why bother? He said, if this cup would pass from me, he was basically saying, God, I don't want to endure this pain, but if you position me in a place to where I must do this so that other people can be saved, then my, then my mind is now no longer, why bother? But my mind now sits on whatever the Lord asks me to do. And because of the sacrifice that he made, we can sit and have church today and have my sins forgiven. Because that's the type of God that I serve. Jesus proved once and for all that no matter how dead your situation seems to be, that Jesus still has time for both. That he can heal of the woman who has the issue and he can say, rise little girl and walk. So I'm wondering today, what sun stand still prayer are you needing to pray? With all eyes closed and all heads bowed, if our altar team would make their way down here, we're gonna spend some time in prayer this morning. Because I believe there's at least one in this room that walked in here today with a why bother type mindset. But why bother anymore? I want to encourage you today to pray that son stand still type prayer. You say, Pastor, I've got something going on in my life right now that seems impossible to me. But I know a God who can. And I'm ready to pray that type of prayer today for my son to stand still.